0: In this episode of The Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Dave Rodenbaugh about abandoning shopping cart best practices. This is The Business of E-Commerce. Welcome to The Business of E-Commerce, the podcast that helps e-commerce entrepreneurs start, launch, and grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Plesky. I'm here today with Dave Rodenbaugh. Dave is the founder of Recapture.io. Big Snow, Tiny Conf West, and the co-host of the Rogue Status podcast. Recapture.io focuses on abandoned shopping carts um, and other things. So Dave's an expert on that, and I wanted to bring him on the show to talk a little bit about abandoned shopping cart best practices. So, hey Dave, how you doing today?
1: Good, Charles. How about yourself?
0: Doing well. I. Uh,
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you. Definitely, uh, we met last year in uh, Vegas at um, a conference and talked a little bit there and definitely wanted to bring you on the show and kind of talk more about what people are doing with abandoned shopping carts and kind of go in a little more detail.
1: Cool, cool. I love talking about that stuff.
0: Yeah. So you guys focus on Shopify Magento, right? And so how exactly, so what's kind of the, so abandoned shopping carts, let's kind of, you know, start at the beginning here. What exactly is it and how does it work in the whole kind of e-commerce process? eh?
1: Sure, sure. So If you have any kind of a store out there, either you've experienced this from your own shopping experience or you've seen this happen on your own store. And it's basically the case where people come to your site, they're looking around, they're really excited, maybe they add some stuff to your cart, and then they get distracted. They walk away, maybe they're not sure. Whatever it is, they find some reason that they're not gonna complete the purchase and they leave all their stuff in the cart and they just close the browser tab or walk away from their computer or close their mobile device, whatever it is. And that basically is an abandoned cart. And unfortunately, abandoned carts are a huge, huge problem in e-commerce. I don't know if you're familiar with the statistics, but over time, uh, you can go look this up just by Googling abandoned cart stats. Uh, Your average store has anywhere between 68 and 74 percent of carts that get abandoned and that's on average i've yeah i've seen stores that go way higher than that like i have a store that's on recapture that does like a 96 percent abandonment rate wow and then there's much higher than i would have thought (laughs) yeah that one's a really weird one (laughs) um and then i have stores that have a really low abandonment rate you know like around 42 percent or something like that so it depends very much on what your product is what the price point is where you are what device they came from there's all kinds of stuff that sort of factors into that but whatever you want to you know look at however you want to slice that 70 percent's a big chunk of carts that are being lost i mean that's pretty harsh
0: and it's really why do you find people are doing this it could be they're on a mobile or what kind of they just got distracted sort of thing usually
1: well, the top reasons for actually abandoning carts, um, it isn't necessarily distractions, but I would say in, in general, there's sort of a larger category that you could say is just distractions. But mm. the number one reason why people abandon their cart is usually that there's some cost that they weren't anticipating and it makes the overall purchase too high. Gotcha. So it might be shipping, it might be taxes, it might be handling fees doesn't really matter what it is. There's just some magic threshold that the the consumer looked at your your site, picked an item, had a mental version of what that price was going to be. And then when they got to checkout, they saw all this other stuff that got tacked onto it. And then they're like, no way, not doing okay. it. Close. So yep. that's like the number one. But then there's like a lot of other stuff where there's too much friction to get involved so like for example to check out maybe your store forces you to create an account and that's like the second reason why people are not not really thrilled about it or maybe there's like three or four steps to get out out of the store that's the third reason why people don't like abandon they don't like your store and then they abandon the cart um but there's other stuff like you know the site crashed, or they didn't know what the total cost was going to be. Maybe there was the well, we still have to figure out what your shipping and tax is. So at least sort of a question in the user's mind: Do yep. I want to make this purchase? Is this going to cost me too much? You know, it's it's not it's not an easy, frictionless end to the whole transaction, which is usually why people abandon the cart.
0: Okay, so probably some different buckets of solutions you can put in. Then, you know, something like the. They got distracted is one thing, but something like the price is a little off it might be something you can come back and hey, we have a coupon code or like what kind of stuff do you actually do to pull them back in? And the typical so workflow, right, ways... is hit them up by email, right? So is that kind of the
1: right? Right. Okay. So, obviously, my tool is focused very much on email recovery on this, but there's other ways to do it as well. So, usually, uh, I, I would say that the best way to go about making this work is sort of a series of contacts. And if you want to do this over SMS or Facebook Messenger or email, I don't think that's as important as whatever channels your customers tend to hang out on. But email tends to be pretty ubiquitous. And I think, you know, in this day and age, it's expected pretty much that everybody's on email and that email is easy to capture and people are pretty willing to give their emails away. So that tends to be a really good method to, to try to get people back. But um, I usually sort of look at it from a three-stage process here. Let's assume that they got distracted by something else or maybe there was a problem with the process. The first email I would send is something that basically reminds them that, hey, I'm still here. Uh, You have these items sitting around in the cart. And if there's a problem or a question that we can answer or something that you're hesitating on or you're not sure about something, hey, why don't you call us? Or contact us, or reply to this email, or whatever. So it kind of opens up the dialogue to say, if you're really interested in this, and there's something holding you back, talk to us. What is that thing? You know, can we help work that out? Yep. Um, and that usually, I would say, send that like right away after their their cart is abandoned. You know, within 30 minutes, an hour, maybe two hours at most. Yep. Some people say up to five or six hours, but you know, I would I would do it while it's still fresh in their mind whatever you think that looks like. Hour, I think, is a pretty good practice. Second email or second point of contact, I would say, that's the time that if you haven't heard from them, say, in 24 hours, you kind of want to go a little bit deeper at that point. So maybe you want to talk about the benefits of your product and what they're really missing out on. Or um, maybe you want to send them some testimonials to say, here are other people that have bought this product and they're just fantastically happy.
0: So this is if they have some sort of like some sort of like some sort of issues on why they don't want to move forward and you're trying to just get them enough stuff to get over that hurdle at that point.
1: Yeah, whatever whatever is keeping them sitting on the fence you kind of find something to knock them off the fence at that point. So the first one's like the
0: the first is like the distraction email um, and then the second is more of the knock them over the fence um, you know let's try to figure out let's try to get past this thing type of email. Right. Okay.
1: Right. Um, Some people put the discount in at this point. I would say that, you know, I'm kind of uh, on the fence about that one myself. Mm. There's a problem with putting in the discount a little too early because I think, number one, that sort of cheapens your brand and your product. It sort of basically says, hey, here's the price, but if you just wait long enough, we'll give you a discount on that. Yep. That, you know, that doesn't really and for some people that works yep. and i and i don't want to knock that in general because some people have a very discount oriented store and that's how they get people in there and work and that's how some of the larger retailers like kohl's and macy's work they basically just run sales all the time and if you pay full price at one of those stores you know either you're not paying attention or uh you showed up on like one of the 6 days of the year that they weren't running a sale,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, you don't
1: So that's there's definitely there's the,
0: definitely, strategy. There's the bland, brand right where you feel like you're at the flea market where you're like, oh, I don't want this and then you start walking away they're like, "All right, half off, a uh, 2 for 1." Like, oh, "Wow, yeah, that's exactly, all I had to do." Exactly. And versus like you go to, you know, right. Gucci and you walk out of the store and no one turns around. It's they're not going to uh, chase after you down the mall and uh try to get you.
1: Right. Yep. Right. Yeah, so you have to sort of decide what it is that you're selling and whether that's a an appropriate strategy or not. So if yep. you're giving away fidget spinners, maybe discounts are a good way to go. But if you're selling like high end Breitling watches, yeah, I probably wouldn't go there. Yep. Um, so that's email number two, and then email number three is kind of like I don't want to call it the the plea for desperation here because that's <laughs> the way some people's emails come I'll, off. I was like
0: the breakup <laughs> email. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll, I'll, it's yeah. the last time you'll be hearing from me.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, some people use the breakup email strategy. Some people uh, will basically say, hey, you know, if this isn't working out or whatever, just hit us up and we'll have it. Or some people will go for the, oh, my God, it's about to go away. (laughs) Your your product is about to implode. It's the last one that we have. We're never getting it again. You know, the scarcity tactic.
0: Yeah, the time is running out. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, time is running out or whatever. And I I think those things – can be useful but if you overuse them people just get desensitized and they're like eh, i don't believe you yep but this is the part that i would say if you're gonna offer a discount maybe offer a discount but only to like certain segments so like if they're looking at a really high-end product okay maybe you want to offer them a little incentive to go there like a two percent five percent ten percent whatever you think moves the needle depends on your margins obviously you want to you don't want to undercut yourself so you're not making money anymore because that's yep. not you know this is the business of e-commerce podcast not the giveaway <laughs> Give,
0: the, podcast, right? yeah the donation of e-commerce podcast
1: the donation yeah the yeah. charity of e-commerce.
0: charity of e-commerce, e-commerce
1: yeah nobody nobody knows the charity of e-commerce so <laughs> but, yeah you got to be careful on that but i would say the third one is kind of where you're trying to close the deal whatever that looks like so okay. it might be saying you're scared you know the the uh, inventory is running out it, that the price is going to change or we can't hold on to this any longer whatever that is but that 3 se- three email sequence tends to work really well and usually in and that one is usually about a week later okay that's that's so what the, i would the say the third is a week later yeah, yeah. what's
0: what's the second yeah, i about? usually
1: do like a, I call it a one, 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 one hour one day one week
0: one hour one day one week okay and then the third would be where you you might offer the discount and then that's it it's all over uh...
1: yeah i mean some people can continue to go on after that Like I know a lot of people will use that email and put them on, you know, maybe a product announcements list or a new, um, you know, like site updates or sales announcements or whatever. So you kind of just move them to a general email marketing at that point, but it just very much depends on what you want to do with them and, you know, the flow and their level of interest. You know, more sophisticated tools will allow you to say, oh, well, they clicked on these emails and say, all right, well, they're showing some strong interest here, even though they're not doing this. Maybe I want to send them an extra email or something like that. So you might get them off the fence just knowing the fact that they've, you know, come back to your site and looked at their item a couple of more times. Yep. So,
0: Or maybe even like a remarketing list or anything like that. Do people... I've seen that a bunch where you oh, know, yeah. you're going yeah. you're going around Amazon and then everything shows up on Facebook for the next month. Um, some product, you know, products you may like, sort of thing. So <laughs> yeah. they, they follow you around.
1: Yeah. Every, every time I go browsing for something for my kids, yep for um, for their birthdays or for Christmas or whatever, I, I immediately see this all show up all over my Facebook feed or all over Amazon for the next month, and I'm like, oh, okay, there's the remarketing because I was looking at you know something from one of my daughters and I'm like, okay, that's clearly not targeted at me. It's the fact that I was looking at this stuff over here. So you can, you can definitely, if you're aware of what remarketing is, you can see it happen very easily.
0: Especially when it's someone else, someone else's uh, products remarketing to you because they don't fit very well. So if someone uses your browser and you're like, Oh, how, how'd that get in there? Um, You know, like stuff for the kids is the easiest where you're like, Oh, what, what is this? Yes. Yep. Yes, yeah. I exactly. get Daniel LaTiger remarketed to me. So, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Okay. So then what other stuff? So you've obviously seen, you know, lots of folks using this, that sort of thing. Anything kind of that surprised you? Any kind of things that, you know, workflows or best practice that kind of jumped out and say, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming.
1: Well, surprises me. So, I guess some of the stuff that surprises me is the fact that people don't send enough email. Hmm. That, and, and, and this is the part that I guess is, is shocking. You're told, and you know, I, there's enough information out there that I have a hard time believing that people just don't see this in their inboxes or in the blog articles that they read or whatever. But sending one email for abandoned carts probably isn't enough and then hmm. i look at like people who've installed things in recapture and i go to their campaigns and i'm like they have one active why don't they have three active okay. you know
0: three active and, and, I Touch looked, points. and the,
1: maybe they tested it but they've done just the one and they leave the one and it's like maybe it's a day later or 24 hours later they don't do any further follow-ups than that huh. and i'm like you're leaving money on the table are you kidding me
0: yeah i think people like, have this like fear of being like annoying or like too much but at the same time like people people might want that like it's not you're not annoying in, some, in a lot of cases where people actually might have an objection or not know if you know the the couch will fit into their den and they don't really know the size and you might need to actually ask them like oh what's stopping you um, so i think people they feel like they're like harassing someone where really they actually like are helping in a lot of cases
1: yeah, I think that's it. It's this feeling like I don't want to talk to them too much because if I make them mad, then they'll never come back to my <laughs> store. And the truth is, if you don't talk to them a lot, they probably won't come back to your store either because they're getting all kinds of notifications from everybody else saying, hey, come back to my store. You have to be the one that has to, to reach out to them sometimes and say, hey, you know, we've got this or hey, can I help you with something else? Because those are the ones that are making the sales. Those are the ones that are staying on top of their customers' minds. And so, I would say that's the one thing that surprises me the most is that people just don't sell, don't send enough email, Hmm. and and get it out there. Um, The other thing is is that I don't think that people do quite enough enough promotion. Which kind of along the same vein, but like if they're doing sales, they'll send out one sales announcement with Hmm. a coupon code, and that's it.
0: To the whole email list or to that? Indi- to, are you talking to an email list or to an individual? Yeah. Okay. To uh, the whole list you So for,
1: the, for one email, I might say, hey, we're running a sale from April 25th to May 1st yep. on all women's fashions or whatever. Here's the coupon code. And that's it. That's all, that's all you ever hear about it.
0: Hmm. Okay. say and do and, a little and, more know, leading that, up, kind of build up to it.
1: Yeah, like you, you have to you have to build excitement to that, and then you have to sort of launch it. And then while it's going on, you might want to send them a reminder and say, here's the hot selling item right now. Don't miss out on this. And then like right before it closes, you, you need to send like another email. So that's like five emails hmm. if you're trying to keep track of all that. So
0: Yeah, you see the big brands with LA. If you're not like...
1: sending like that level of email, yep. you're missing out, I think.
0: Yeah, the big brands with like the um, Cyber Monday sale where it's like lead up after lead up and then it's starting yeah. and then now it's like it's it's live. It's it, Oh, no, there's only eight hours left. Oh, no, there's only three hours. And they, they really count it down um, via email. So it's amazing the big yeah. brands on how much they actually send.
1: Right. And in fact, if you want to figure out like if you're a company like REI or um, I'm trying to think of another good example that I saw over Black Friday this year we'll just go with the REI example at this point. Like, first of all, they, you know, don't do anything on Black Friday at all. They basically say opt outside. So that's uh. one of their big campaigns right there. Hmm. But the other thing is they kind of have an un Black Friday where they do it like a week or two before and they run a special sale and they make the announcement over their email and hmm. it basically is sort of like a secret insider thing yep. that only if you're on the email list do you hear about this. So you know number one they're not competing with everybody else for black friday cyber monday sort of stuff and number two they have a campaign that sort of makes them look different at the same time but yet they still kind of participate in the same way but they have a number of emails that kind of lead up to it and and announce it and then close it and then the follow-up that you know hits on black friday to say hey you should get your butt outside instead of sitting in front of a computer and shopping yep which you know is a is a great message to send out. It's really bad for all e-commerce merchants, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I like that, uh, I mean,
0: it, that different, you know, cause on that cyber Monday, you get bombarded with emails. Um, and hopefully, you know, Gmail now does a good job at filtering them, but you look in that tab and it's overwhelming and every brand is sending emails. Um, so I like that of actually, you know, doing something a week or two ahead of time. So you actually get some like, um, participation and you kind of stand out.
2: Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah,
0: I like that. What what else kind of best practices or tips or things would you kind of recommend if somebody has just started or if somebody's not doing this today? Um, You know, I'm guessing you see a bunch of people come to the store, come to you that have never even started this and they're actually doing some orders, doing some business, but um, don't send out any kind of um, recapture type emails. What can I, what, so what
1: would I recommend? Sorry, you're kind of breaking up. Oh, sorry, oh
0: yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, what would you kind of so let's say someone's just getting started or kind of new to this, what would you recommend kind of anything kind of um to begin with?
1: Well, absolutely the first thing that you should be doing no matter who you are, no matter what stage you're at, if you're not collecting a list of emails to do any kind of promotions to, that should be like at the absolute top of your list. Yep. So a A number one, that right there. So once you start collecting the emails, then the question is, what do you start doing with them? So obviously, being a guy that does abandoned cart emails on Recapture, I would highly recommend abandoned cart emails. They're like <laughs> probably like the easiest no-brainer, picking up loose change on the uh, the floor sort of uh, solution to your store. So you know, throw out a statistic on average in, in Recapture, and I'd say this is fairly typical you get about a 15% lift in your revenue. So, oh, wow. you know, how how many people would, would want to leave something like that? That's just stupid, right? Yeah,
0: 15 is so actually a get higher you than the, I would have thought.
1: Right. So you need some kind of an abandoned cart solution installed. Hmm. It'd be great if it's recaptured. If it's not, it's okay. <laughs>
2: um,
1: but once you get that installed, I think there's lots of other things that you want to try to do to promote your store in general or to promote your products in general. So... Mm. Uh, here are some examples so if somebody visits your store for the first time and you're first of all You're collecting their email email address when they show up, you know Do a little pop-up and says hey send us your email and we'll give you discount coupons When we run our next sale or announce products or whatever you want to say there yep. So then you've captured their email now you can actually run them through uh, a welcome series so you can say hey welcome to store XYZ, here's what we usually, you know, here's what our products are all about, here's our philosophy, here's a video of the founder talking about why she built the store in the first place, and why you should care about our products, and they're organic, free-ranged, you know, fair trade sourced, whatever you want to say, whatever compelling things your audience wants to or needs to hear. So you can send out a couple of emails like that and maybe add a discount in there, too, so they can use that on future purchases. Yep. But that's a great way to sort of engage somebody with your store and give them a reason to come back and shop, even if they didn't necessarily do anything the first time around.
0: And the nice part with that for the store owner, um, and the same thing with the um, sending out um, emails on a banner cart you don't have to create content every time. So it's not like something like a a newsletter or some sort of promotion. You have to like design it and build it every time and know, okay, next month I'm gonna have to send another one and I have to do some work. You build that, you know, the Bandicide emails is is pretty much automated. They generate their own content. You don't have to really do much of anything once you set it up. And then same thing, the the sequence, you have to do work initially, obviously you wanna spend a lot of time, but once you do that, it just works um, in perpetuity. And then every new person gets added to the same sequence um, and for that user, it's no. But you know, this could be around for years at that point, and you can just keep reusing that content. Um, so I love mm-hmm. stuff like that where once you build it, you can just keep recycling the content.
1: Yeah, the the thing that I would say is the first year that you do email marketing on your store is probably the hardest mm. because you have. I put this on a year cycle because that seems to be the the boundary on which everybody has you know a variety of sales and promotions and seasonal stuff and whatever so if you're doing stuff you know the first year you're kind of putting in your general scaffolding and maybe you're hitting some of your major holidays but once you've got all that stuff in place the next year you just go back and look at oh well what did i run in the spring of last year yep here's what it said now maybe i need to update the dates or make it so that it automatically puts in the new year of this year, as opposed to the one that I hard-coded in the template. Or maybe I need to mention a different discount code this time. But then you just resend that same thing.
0: You kind of just recycle the content. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then you can also start to get really creative. So one of the things that I've seen people do, especially with abandoned carts, is that they actually change up their sequence during a time that's a real big sale time for them. So Mm. let's say, for example, you're selling flowers, Uh, maybe right around... Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, you have a different set of abandoned cart emails that specifically address those holidays.
0: Okay.
1: And maybe they target, um, target people differently. So on Valentine's Day, you're talking more to husbands, boyfriends, significant others. On, Val- or on Mother's Day, you're talking to husbands and sons, specifically, and daughters gotcha. about Mother's Day. So you can you know, change the way that you target those messages And segment based on, you know, somebody's gender so that you're talking to mothers and daughters differently than you would talk to husbands and sons. And that way your content becomes very, very personal. And the more personal it is, the more likely it is to get them to convert. That's a good one.
0: And you can basically take this first campaign, make a copy, make your changes to make it more personalized, like you said, and then just switch them um, throughout the year. And you, yeah, could, you yeah. could take so the same campaign after, and make five different copies and use five different versions for different holidays.
1: Right, right. Or you can even do certain things depending on your email tool and how sophisticated it is. You can use the same campaign there and just have segments that say, okay, if they're of this gender and this value, then I want to show this chunk of the email right here. And that one has a specific discount code aimed for that segment.
2: Oh, and then okay. if you
1: don't have that, then maybe there's another segment that you put in there so you can do this with um uh conditional templating depending on your your email tool in there
0: yep so something if it's clothing let's say depending on the gender obviously men's clothes versus women's or children or you know we could figure out things like that based on different segments and send them very specific
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yep i like that is something you guys do in recapture just have to ask
1: uh, we we have some segmenting involved. I don't have the conditional template stuff mm. yet. That's okay. definitely on the implementation list. But we're currently doing GDPR compliance right
0: now. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah yes, GDPR <laughs> compliance. That must that's be a fun. Whole topic unto itself. Yes, that's yes. a that's a fun topic unto itself. So
1: well, right. it maybe not fun, but I mean, it's definitely a topic. <laughs> it's a topic.
0: Yeah. It uh, <laughs> good. All right. So anything kind of last things people should know about. Kind of abandoned cart, or just where to reach you? Or
1: well, yeah. If uh, if you don't have abandoned carts on your store, you're not happy with the way that your abandoned carts are setting up. You know, you definitely need to get this on your store. And yeah. uh, obviously, as a guy that runs a service that does that, I, I would strongly recommend my my solution in there for that. Uh, we're available on Magento and Shopify both. Yep. and you can find us at Recapture.io.
0: Awesome. Yeah, people should definitely check that out. And it's something you know, if they're going to use our tool or they just need to use, they need to use something because it's a, uh, like you said, 15%, even half that would be tremendous to a lot of stores. So if you're not doing it, you definitely uh, leave them on the table. So I highly recommend that Joe. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Dave, for uh, coming on the show. I think that's definitely helpful. um, I'll put a link in the show notes so everyone knows kind of where to find you and they can check out ReCapture and hopefully uh, talk to you soon.
1: All right. Thanks for having me on, Charles.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Have a good one.
1: And the sweetheart, and the sweetheart, and the sweetheart, and the sweetheart.